This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. Hey, guys. It's podcast time. Podcast day today. Podcast time. Took a couple of weeks off. to talk about. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Lots of stuff. We all took a vacation last week. Yes, we did. The whole team took a vacation. It's shocking. But is it? <laughs> no, we all needed it so badly. It was weird, though, not having backup at the office. We were just all gone. <laughs> Something. Will, it'll be yeah. fine. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Except a lot of things switched around. So many release date changes happened while Kyle was out of the office not updating anything. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> no. But, um, Kyle needed to run free. He needed a break. <laughs> we only had one from Sony, which is the shocking part. Like one. <laughs> like one this is like a- Sony's sony's move but they're like we'll we'll slip one in here mostly it's like the 2023 2024 releases yeah a lot of that was yeah we don't we don't need to worry about that people Mm -hmm. it's fine we're only focused on like what's coming in the near future which you know there was still some but yeah it was just kind of surprising it's supposed to be some vacation why is everyone still working i know Clearly, we're not. The big movies come out, and we can all take a back seat to just watching money pour in, and I'll have vacations. That yeah. should be how easy it is. Yeah, just in time for August. Yeah, where we might scramble oh, a bit. Man, we're gonna scramble so much. But we'll uh, get into that. Actually, I was looking. Yeah, we'll get into that. I was looking at it. August isn't the bad. September. September's horrible. Let's just take that month off. <laughs> Everybody shut down. Another vacation, fine by yeah. me. So, release calendar changes. Kyle, you want to go over them? Uh, sure. For the near future, uh, Paramount is going to be releasing a, uh, I believe it's an Indian movie called Lala Singh Chada. I'm apologizing it, if I mispronounced that. It is, uh, according to Paramount, the Indian Forrest Gump remake. So this is, huh. this is Forrest Gump mm-hmm. with an Indian cast. Right. <laughs> but I do imagine that this is probably more of a limited release. It is, it is limited. They yeah. are taking locations where um, Bollywood type films would do sure. too better. They kind of know their, their spots. Mm-hmm. So, so like where Forrest Gump meets, <laughs> this is so great because this is straight from <laughs> Paramount and they're like, I'm not sure how to sell this. Well, you know that the films work in these markets, Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like, where he meets Elvis, you know, he yeah. meets a popular Indian singer. And when he meets a president, he meets Mahatma Gandhi. And right. <laughs> <laughs> Just replacing American yeah. events no, with, yeah. Like, it weren't, for, weren't rip off. And the only reason they were allowed to make it is because Paramount owns Forrest Gump. <laughs> I guess. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Right. Huh. It's all in-house. Sneaky, yeah. sneaky. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> well, if this works, you're going to see oh a my Chinese Forrest Gump and a Japanese Forrest Gump and right. Korean Forrest Gump. We're going to have our own cinematic universe so instead a of multiverse of forest gumps. multiverse <laughs> of gumps <laughs> so instead of just redoing nostalgic films like remaking them a la maverick for sequels modern day they're just gonna do it for, per country multiverse per, it yeah multiverse That's and nationalities i have actually <laughs> That's been the theme for this year i'm actually pretty interested to see if this guy does a forest gump impression in an Indian accent, oh, whether he speaks English or Hindi, I wonder. Yeah. he talks so slow. <laughs> Life is like a box of curry. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> you never know how hot it's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> that could be it. If it's yeah, that, right. it could be that straightforward. Indian films are interesting to say the least. Yes, the few that we've seen, they're like they're creative. They're <laughs> I, I, but but I don't know, they're cool too. They're 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 so different 
that they're from American, interesting to watch yeah. for American yeah. audiences, especially that's yeah. for sure. Bright, colorful, a lot of movement, singing, dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Musical I'm, in every one I've ever seen. Yeah. There's a musical number. There was that movie RRR. Yeah. Literally the internet exploded. They're like, I've never seen anything like this. And it's like, yeah, because we don't get this in America. Right. And it. it is amazing, by the way. <laughs> RRR is awesome. But <laughs> but yeah, the, the audiences just don't quite expect that type of filmmaking. That's for sure. Okay. But it'll be interesting. Maybe some theaters will be able to play this and do well. What's next on the list? Yeah. Um, following up with that, there's going to be a few changes. Uh, United Artists is going to be releasing a film called About Fate in mm-hmm. September 9th. And then speaking of September 9th, Warner Bros. pushed back the release of Salem's Lot from that date to April 21st, 2023. It was actually kind of devastating. Warner's moving this out because it's like a horror film. It's in September, which is great because you want adult stuff. Yeah. yeah. And and Warner's just so good at marketing that I was like, this could actually do some some business. And to watch that just disappear. Man, I'm glad some other things are moving into September because, oh, it looked ugly for a couple weeks there. Warner Brothers with, you know, with the history of It and Annabelle and The Nun and all these horror movies that they put up a solid number every time. Yeah, I thought the trailer and the sneak peek we saw at CinemaCon, it it actually looked creepy and scary and And it it looked like it was there. Like the last one of these that we did was like Pet Cemetery. Yeah. (laughs) And it was Paramount who usually does okay with these, but it was just... The original one was so beloved. I don't know. Right. Salem's Lot kind of falls into that weird area where where it, it wasn't you know. such a cult thing that you could redo it and yeah. bring it to new audiences. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so moving on from that, um, United Artists also made a release change. Just a small one, though. There's going to be a movie called Till that is pushed up from October 14th to October 7th. And I believe it's the story about Emmett Till and the aftermath of his unfortunate lynching. So it will be a dark movie to play for sure for for October. Yeah, that is a it's a tough one. I had a hard time getting through the trailer. I'm a mother of boys, so anything with children and now boys just Mm. on that level just really eats at my heart. And it's already like a horrific story. The story is brutal. The film is going to be brutal. But it's one of those like important films that United mm-hmm. Artists is known for. Yes. So I mean, and it will be so well done. Like yeah. of the trailer, the acting, the everything in it is such quality, and that makes it even harder to digest. Because when it's so good, and you can, you're not distracted by anything in the in the film. You're just going to be so immersed in it because of the quality. That's yeah. going to be hard. Yeah, and then we'll move into December to where Sony pushed up a release of mm-hmm. a movie called A Man Called excuse me, A Man Called Otto, it was moved up from December 25th, 2022 to December 14th, 2022. The Jumanji right. spot. Yeah, I'm so glad. <laughs> is this our next Jumanji movie? Sony, Sony loves that week before the week before Christmas. Yeah. Which one is, which one is this movie supposed to be? I have no I, idea. I, actually, I feel I like it's, it's a drama. It's a. I think it's a remake of a, um, is it a Norwegian film? Sure. Yeah, right? sure. Didn't we play I have that no idea. during the pandemic? No, I have no idea. Yeah. What are we talking about I here? I think it's a, it was a pandemic. It has Tom Hanks. Jürgen Fergens, Megan Mergen. Norwe- that kind of Norwegian? <laughs> I think that's Swedish. Okay. Same difference. 
something European. Otto, a crotchety, irritable, yeah. and fiercely strict widower, lives. Mm-hmm. My mic is in the way. Lives a lonely life, judging everyone he sees. When he forms an unlikely friendship with his new neighbors, Otto begins to change. So maybe like a Welcome to Marwin type movie. Are Does the, anyone remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> Are the neighbors diverse? I uh, I see only white people so far. Okay, so I'm it's pretty not, sure. I thought this it was a... like um, El Camino or. Um, not El Camino. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, gonna say was the... like Breaking Bad. <laughs> no, the uh, Clint Eastwood one. Oh, okay. I should have uh, guessed that. Yeah, he's like get off my the lawn. Monk, where he has the Hmong people move in next door, and oh. he becomes oh, softened yeah. by people with different culture. Oh no, I'm pretty sure it's well, just a crotchety old man story. But it was oh a... no, I no, there are Hispanic actors in this. My bad. <laughs> oh. I looked a bit closer. I knew I it. Looked at the names. He's right. trying to have his Clint Eastwood Kyle moment. Kyle doesn't see color, so they are all just one. Please don't label that on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's a remake of a Norwegian film, though. Like, I'm gonna maybe die on this hill. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Like, yeah. uh, we believe you. Prove me right, Kyle. I I don't know where to nope, find can't this do information. It. It's like not possible. A Norwegian man called Ott, I think, is. <sighs> Okay. Norwegian, that's the yeah, name of the original. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Norwegian know. Man. Yeah. Uh, and one final thing. Uh, Searchlight Pictures is releasing a movie called Empire of Light, December 9th. I imagine it's probably going to be very limited and probably trying to get Oscar buzz, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's exactly a big title that needs to be played or can be played. Yeah, no. Searchlight is uh, cheap of water mode right there. Well, it'll be mm-hmm. two locations that week. <laughs> It'll probably the, be a platform. It'll style be a very release. big platform, very slow platform right. release. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. I did find out for you, Cody. Yeah. It is a 2015 Swedish film called Swedish A Man film. Called Ove. Ove, yes. I have played this. Jurgen Fergen, Smeagan Mergen. This is why I you have it. In, this movie? I played it in several art house locations and it did really well. It was a cute huh. movie. And I was like, there's something there that was like, I've seen this film before. So, yes, mm-hmm. Man Called Ove. That's what it was. You sure it's not like O V or It's O V E, I think. Yeah, yeah O V E. Yeah. Oven, Megan, Mergen, Mergen. And maybe <laughs> oh, I don't know how you nailed it, but you are not far from that stupid <laughs> accent. It, I thought it was Norwegian, it was Swedish. You were right. <laughs> but what's chef. the difference? Yeah. <laughs> they chase chickens around with butcher knives. I don't know what they right. do over there. Anyway, uh so like I said, there was still quite a few more release changes, but again, those are in 2023 2024 and for our theaters that we're you know talking to it's it's not too important to worry about that yet i would be on the lookout you know that covid is actually not gone away in most of the country and it's making a huge resurgence in la county to the point where like hospitalizations are getting overrun again and so they may have to do mask mandates and stuff there but if they do it could slow down post-production on films so we may see even more release date changes for future product just you know the repercussions of this ongoing thing that we're dealing with hey we've this is july we've had 200 million dollar movies this month will you stop raining on our (laughs) sorry i'm just bringing it up because it's like oh yeah that's still a thing i guess out there not in montana that's for sure (laughs) no i but i do wonder if now that everyone is back on board, including the studios, that despite, you know, this uptick in uh, COVID cases, we're still going to be continuing, you know, as things have kind of gone this year. I think it just there depends on too much what change. the unions say and how they negotiate that. That's a good point. Yeah, that could definitely be the case. I'm sure studios are like, no more disruptions. Yeah. We must 
continue the pipeline. And everyone else is like, but right. Oh, so our it's, it's our jobs and livelihood is based on California unions coming to an agreement. Yes. Hooray. Hooray. That's right. <laughs> Excellent. Spoken, spoken like true Montanans. Yeah. <laughs> we love Californians. Save, <laughs> save your pennies, everybody. <laughs> oh, Not so, that they're worth anything anymore. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm my, mean, I'll get off many, my soapbox now. How many pennies do we need to equal a penny of the past? Now? I don't oh, know. I feel okay. like a handful. I don't want to. I don't okay. want to do that math. It'll okay. make me sad. Okay. Cody Reagan, let's get back to our <laughs> booking strategies for August. Well, uh, August always looked pretty bad on the release calendar. Like after Bullet Train and maybe like a little bump of Beast, you were kind of like, oh, I don't know about August because um, there wasn't anything really good. Now I've got a few more tidbits thrown in. Um, Crunchyroll is going to put out a Dragon Ball Super film. It's like Dragon Ball Super. Dragon Super. Ball Super Superhero. Super Super. Don't yeah. give a crap about this movie, but it is going to do great. It's going to do great. Yes. It's the middle of August. <laughs> we really need it. I'm So I'm very excited. That gives us an extra bump on that weekend. Come on, anime fans. And so I think, and then I'm, and then I'm thinking with, with enough in the little towns, you're not going to be able to open everything in the next couple weeks. So they're going to actually be some off the break titles that can kind of get you through. Um, and so I'm, I'm higher on August than I was before. Like, I think it'll be manageable and crunchy roll formerly Funimation. Yeah. They set their plan way ahead of time. And oh, say, these are the theaters we're for going sure. to. Sure. I've already booked it, but we did demon slayer was the last one or um, some, whatever. Um, yeah, it was Demon Slayer, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of these. I, who That was I, like the big the, one. Whoever names the animes I can also like... go with the, the Swedish people as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> whoever names these stupid things. But <laughs> I'm glad they make money. But the last one, they previously they were very strict. We don't add dates. We don't right. take requests. Last time they added dates. Yeah. So this time we might get like an intermediate run of this movie. Right. This time. Which would be awesome. I got more dates than usually what had been on their plans mm-hmm. previously. So they are casting a wider net on it. Uh-huh. What I love about these ones is that you get an event schedule. It's not all shows all the time. It's not like a regular booking. You get to charge a little higher price for it because it's an event. And Country World does a really good job of marketing. They know where their audience is. They target the areas and they market to it. And you get people in the theater that you have never seen in the theater before. And anytime we can get new customers into a theater and give them a good experience, just cast your wider net out there. So I love these bookings. And it's not at a bad time. It's perfect. Oh my gosh. I needed it so bad. Yeah, I was like, but, can I take it everywhere? Like how? <laughs> but this you know? is one of those things where they actually know what they're doing they do we have so they many very much we have so many doing. film companies that like put films on same dates like till is was better on 10 7 than 10 14 we have halloween ends yeah which the first two have done over 200 million each this is going to be another monster and then till it's like just save it for the award season right put it on the seventh when we have lyle lyle crocodile or just <laughs> or just save it for the end of the year do new york and la and platform it through january because it really is a tight it is a title that bears itself for that like green yeah. book it or whatever mm-hmm. just mercy it yeah yeah just mercy perfect yep. good example so august i'm i'm feeling better about like i said it was manageable i think i can find a few more things and it's just about managing screens managing showtimes and 
making sure you don't burn through product, like holding what you can make and, and just kind of squeeze that month out. September. Who let's, let's cross that bridge I know. on a different day. We'll cross that bridge on a different day, but uh, September is looking tough and that, and so my recommendation is let's see how August goes, but theaters really should think about a post labor day scheduling. Maybe that is the best time to, be closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Maybe pull back and not do 2 p.m. matinees. Maybe just start matinees at 5 and get rid of the twilight so the 9 p.m.s. Just do 7s and 5s and, and cut back your schedule. Not only are a big chunk of your workforce in teenagers going back to school, but with the product being not so great, Maybe post uh, Labor Day weekend is a good time to pull back hours and just really rethink that. It's a very old school model of Memorial Day. You add you you go into summer hours and Labor Day you go back into winter hours and you know we but just got to uh, maybe pull that back again. But after Bullet Train, we're looking at doing that pretty drastically, and then into yeah. and That's, then into September. It's but I think you give August ghost mode. I think August is really going to be. Pre- predictive of what september and october are going to be like and we i know we have some big titles in october especially halloween ends is going to be massive but um you know one big title does not carry a whole month so we need to cody yeah lyle is not a big title i agree but after eight weeks of not having a kids movie it's going to be a bigger title than a big title and then we have halloween ends and then we have black adam which is going to be could be one of the biggest it should be around the top of one of the biggest DC movies. Well, at least we know that The Rock will, um, you know, promote the heck out of it. So yeah, do his hardest. His promotion really does make a difference in the national awareness because he has such a wide following. Because Jungle Cruise was a, a turd, and Disney didn't spend any money on it at all because it was still right. pandemic time. Yep. You know, every ticket that yeah. got sold to that was because of him. It, was, it, really, it really was. I mean, I saw like one junket where it was him and Emily Blunt sitting six yeah. feet apart talking. Oh. And that was it. That was such a rough time. Yeah. Yeah. How far we've come. I want to throw out two titles in August um, and get a sense of what you guys think about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gravitas movie, uh, Mac and Rita. Any idea if that's going to be even playable Gra- for some no, locations? Gra- yes. Gravitas is going wider with that. And okay. so, and it looks fun. It's got Diane Keaton in it, right? As it the yeah. older version. Good, it's like an older version, younger version situation. Somebody ages overnight and turns yeah. into Diane Keaton. Right. <laughs> and Diane Keaton plays Diane retired Ke- Diane yeah. Keaton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it'll be good. It'll definitely play to more uh, mature audiences in the crawdad Elvis vein. I think we need another bump up from them. Sure. Which is coming at a good time because now they've, had two big films and they're getting back into going to the movie theater and and so it's probably the best time now to keep that momentum going but, for sure. But it's not going to have very much um, marketing behind it. So you just it's not going to have a huge national campaign, right? So you're always going to be limited in your potential gross by the lack of that marketing. So on that title, I would suggest theaters really step up. And if you're going to play it, then you're going to have to self-market that to your audiences. You know, that's not, you're not going to benefit from a big national marketing campaign. Gravitas isn't buying time during sporting events. And yeah. <laughs> for must, Mac and Rita. Dropping the newest trailer for Mac and Rita at, during the halftime <laughs> and show. And we've given yeah. them some opportunities. So I'm pretty wary of this one. We had the Jackie Chan movie that they told us they were going to spend a lot of money on. And it was... Yeah. 
more in the the Bollywood <laughs> kind of filmmaking. It was very bright and showy. And, right. And then we did King's Daughter at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously it was old and they weren't ready. I mean, Pierce Brosnan looked like Pierce Brosnan's grandpa now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was so old. It I mean, wasn't it was, bad, though. It was just getting people to come it, see it. It is barely the, crossed a million dollars. It, like, it, it crawled was, across a million dollars. Right. And that's, it was the time, but it's also Mm -hmm. like, we need you to promote it. Like you have the machine, like this is part of the job. That's why we pay. Agreed. I, uh, this is why you pay what you pay in film rental, because part of it is, is this, the studio owns it, but they also market it. And as studios pull back their marketing or split marketing budgets with their streaming, and you see less of those dollars being spent to market to the theaters, I, you know, it really behooves the theater. It's really on them to step up their own, you know, promotion and marketing. And you're going to get lots of films like these little guys that are fillers that come in. And we should be super thankful that we have something in that August period. But you need to know that that is on now the venue to market. You're going to have to go out and find the audience for this film. The film filmmakers and the distributor are not going to find you the audience. You need to find your audience for this film. Yeah. And I have one more tile to throw out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the United Artists movie, 3000 Years of Longing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just... I don't know what to think of this film. I don't it's, know either. It's a weird midweek opening mm-hmm. for no reason. <laughs> at the end of August. At the end of Well, they're trying to get ahead of the labor day weekend but there's no there's no ahead of the labor day weekend is the labor day weekend you don't need to get a midweek opening there so that that is confusing to me um it is very upscale and commercial and artistic it's got great cast but not anybody that's a draw in of themselves so not even idris elba look idris elba is handsome af and he is very charming <laughs> and he is a great actor, mm-hmm. but he is not a name that draws crowds in. Like we're going to sure. see that with they're Beast. swooning. Like, we're going to see that with beast. He's not, he's not, yeah, yeah that's he's not Jason beast. Statham yeah. in the Meg. You're, he's not the rock and skyscraper. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. going to see some swooning behind his name, but it's not like ponying up a bunch of ticket money mm-hmm. for it. So gotcha. Gotcha. So that one I'm really concerned about. I just think it's going to be, um, what was the, what was the, Green Knight. Was it Green Knight? The Green Knight from A24. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be very much like that, where Mm, it's a good film, maybe geared to an older audience, but just didn't really find its it's following right. it might be that that's too specialty for a commercial level audience but they're treating it on a commercial uh, level distribution probably right. because um george miller that is the director behind it yeah. and he last did the mad max movie so mm-hmm. they were probably thinking of it in that way but you're probably right it's going to be more of a I, upscale niche movie than i was genuinely excited for this because of the cast mm-hmm. watched the trailer read the synopsis i got confused <laughs> They they called him instead of a genie they called him a gin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most people don't gin know what that is. is. A genie's a, there's Nerd. a difference. Okay, but okay, more just of a call gin. him a genie. Okay, right. move on. Can I you mean, tone it down for genies us? Genies have three wishes. We get it. Like let's <laughs> let's do that and move on. I mean, you can't. Not everything can. Not even the words are upscale. I mean, come on. I've. <laughs> Just, like, just give me the word genie. Nobody knows what a, a too much D. The only pushing. D and J that belong together in filmmaking is Django. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> a, a gin. Yeah. The D is silent. D is silent. 
Okay. No, but I I think it will play some somewhere. But again, we're we've got to like temper expectations on the potential of the grosses and yeah. how do we maximize our screens to because you're not gonna sell out on these films. Mm-hmm. You know what I want to talk about selling out? What? Nope. This week, I do too. Okay, I do. <laughs> Kyle went saw the early show, so we I get did. his. And Kyle had enough time to write a review. I'm so excited for him. Things are starting to like get back to more normal routines around here, and this is nice. Yeah, I missed out on writing a review for Thor up at Screen Insider, so I finally was able to write one again, and I was able to do it for Nope, and I'm happy for yeah, that. Yeah. So if you want to read any of Kyle's reviews, you can uh, check out ScreenInsider.com. That's where they're all hosted. ScreenInsider.co. Oh, .co. That's right. Sorry. My bad. It's even my site. And <laughs> whoops. Holy. Awkward. We're so ahead of ourselves that I am too, like, I am too old school for how techy and amazing we are. But yeah. Kyle is a fantastic writer and his reviews are awesome reads. So definitely go check him out. Holy shit, Cody. Did you see what <laughs> Thursday night grosses? Yeah, 6 million. 6.4 million. Yeah, no. Which is behind wait. us at 7.4. But yeah. this is. Post pandemic, like post pandemic, ninety percent of what really good. I was kind of hoping it's, for seven or eight, so that's seven. Very good. Yeah. Six is a incredible. Solid start for an R rated. We haven't had anything like this no. with R rated. That's the power of Jordan Peele, man. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He gets those audiences in. So before you start your thing, I'll just say that when, as far as tied in a little bit to booking strategies, when I first saw Nope. And we first saw the trailers for it and stuff. I was actually really high on it. I was like, this is going to be really good. He's mm-hmm. really known. He's got a following. This will be great. And then um, and then I really liked the whole cowboy alien invasion aspect of it. I thought it was very fresh and an interesting idea, especially set in the, like, the American Southwest. It's not like Montana Rancher Cowboy a la Yellowstone. Which, California Desert. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, California it's Desert. California. Is where this movie right, takes but, place. <laughs> yeah. It's California Cowboy, which yeah. I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. I like that. But um, then it's like, I think I don't know if I just got overwhelmed with all the product or it was weird the way the product was shifting. I got a little worried about it. I was like, is this going to find an audience and stuff? And maybe I was like too high, had too high of expectations. But I think now after the early shows and all the positive reviews mm-hmm. it's getting, I, I think my gut instinct is going to be more right on on it. So yeah. what did you think about it? I'm really hoping this does end up becoming a big hit because I really enjoyed this movie. Um, Jordan Peele does a really good job still with subverting and misdirecting an audience's expectations on what his horror movies are going to be. But at the same time with Nope, it's probably like his more traditional movie in the way that a movie is traditionally structured for like general mm-hmm. audiences to recognize. I think with get out and up or us, excuse me. Um, he made up, up and up yeah. and us are very different movies. He's so <laughs> different. They both make you want to cry though. At times. That, that's the only thing they have in common. Yeah. Uh, but for his previous two movies, they, they misdirected you well and the traditional structure of the movie wasn't traditional, but here I felt like this one was the more blockbustery, like, like uh, accept- accessible. Well, it's the most accessible, the but storytelling also, was more linear. Yeah, more <laughs> linear. It doesn't make you think too hard about it. Like you're still in the moment of like, what does this mean? Like what's everything happening? But it does come together to where you understand it right away. Like you're not going to leave the theater going, what did it all mean? There's you're going to no. come out of the theater going, I know like what happened and it was still really good. And I still got, there's no parallel well. dimensions or body snatching. 
No, um, <laughs> good. <laughs> but it but it does have uh, the extraterrestrial aspect of it, which I think came into play well with the traditional sense of this movie because it felt like um, in the vein of Spielberg and Shyamalan when they did those types of horror right. movies or those types of sci-fi um, mm-hmm. extraterrestrial type movies, which uh, was a, was another reason why I felt like the, the traditional Hollywoodness of it all. But he still was able to make it work, and he really was able to bring um, a twist to the extraterrestrial part of it, and he made it really fun, and he made it really um, not silly, but he made it really funny as well because he's really yeah. good at bringing the comedy to like his uh, type of horror. Well, the absolute worst moments for a joke, like... In it, in us, yeah. <laughs> there's a few spots where you're horrified, and they're like, "How am I gonna get this blood out of the garbage?" <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like the wrong time to laugh. It's the your... wrong time to laugh, but it's so <laughs> perfect at the same time. And yeah. he and he still carries that over here, along with his other um, directing sensibilities I, that we anytime loved. Something is going wrong for me, like when I don't need it to go wrong. I feel like Winston Duke in that boat, <laughs> that <laughs> shitty boat that he bought in us that he cannot get going when they need it to go. He's so proud of this like eight hundred dollar boat. I'm glad you're making references to us because I feel like I'm the only one that enjoys that movie. Like for some reason, people, I don't know, divisive, whatever. Oh, no. I hate it's that a, word. It's a, a, it's probably a, like a tall dad with a short wife and two kids, yeah. and he's he's the one. Like when the shit starts to hit the fan, his wife's like, "Go out there," <laughs> <laughs> and that's how that's, the dad gets the you know the big piece of chicken, the yeah. the crust of bread. Yeah, <laughs> dad, go out there and fight whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so nope. I think Jordan Peele did another great job. I really think this is a movie worthy for theaters. He and, and it, it feels like his more traditional um, Hollywood s type movie, but it's not. It doesn't feel weird. Like it feels like it's meant to do oh, that. Like it's meant yeah. to have those homages. And uh, I just really enjoyed it for that, and as well for uh, his take on you know aliens rather than another. Ex- existential may not be the right, right. word, but existential uh, horror movie no. that he's done in the past. Do That's they do they kill any kids in this? No. Oh, good. We'll go see it. We'll go well, see this next mm, week. Actually, I take that back. No, 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 Sorry. no. Don't tell me. I, I would take Is that back. Is it in the first five minutes? No. Okay, then I'll and get do into they, it. And they're not like on screen, like brutal kills, so I think we'll be fine. They leave Uh-oh. it to the imagination. There we go. Okay. They leave it to the imagination. That works. That's I'm like really... the dog in the in the disaster oh, yeah. movies where they show the dog disappearing. And Cody's like, no! And then Fluffy always comes back at the end. Like, oh, thank God. Um, no, that's so good to hear, Kyle. Like, I really... I, I think audiences right now and what we're seeing with this with Top Gun is they want something super accessible. They want to be entertained. They don't want anything political or divisive. Yeah. You know, they just, they don't want to be value propositioned. They don't want any messaging or signaling. They just want like the traditional old school movie experiences. And I think films that can tap into that are, are really going to see, you know, Thor's a big, stupid superhero movie. Minions is a big, stupid kids movie. (laughs) Elvis is a biopic about arguably the stupid biopic. Arguably the most famous person that's ever lived. Right. right. So, I mean, that's what is working this year. Mm-hmm. That's what we're seeing. And I, and so. And this looks like a, you know, I like, like Kyle said, a straightforward more, horror movie. The timing of it is so good. And I know he was on my shit list for a really long time because of his comments during the pandemic. But I am glad and very happy for his film. I want it to be super successful 
both for him and for theaters. Yeah. And so I will remove him from my shit list, but <gasps> he cannot say anything more about about anything negative about theaters. Otherwise, he's back on there. All right. But I'm sure he hears that loud and clear. One good film and you're off the list. Yeah. Gross as well. We're we're good. Yeah, I'm really really. It's been a long three years for Jordan Peele, and if yeah, you've seen he him, have been if, you've heard, if you've seen what him in arc. interviews, it's been a long oh three years for I, him personally. I eyed him at CinemaCon. Like, you're better better produced, Jordan. You can see better him. produced. You can see him just shiver. Just but he came with white hair, that? and it was a little frazzled. So I I know he took it to heart. Which I know apparently. this has been stressful for him. Yeah. No. He he delivered. Um. I'm really hoping that this movie has the legs like i'm fine with you know the op- if the opening's big great but i think i just wanted that, to have legs i think the only thing that could hurt it would be bullet train because if they're both ours it's gonna you know some very similar audience it could but be you've got 14 days for it to really grow and, and then and after and that get buzz. you know what yeah. we're seeing too which is way different usually when i say the only thing that it could stop it is bullet train because traditionally when you had another big title, it did drop off grosses dead in their tracks. Now what we're seeing is stuff is holding over. There is room to grow audiences. They are going a couple times to the theater. It is old, more old school in that sense. And so just cause you have a very similar title coming up, doesn't mean it's going to eat away these, at those grosses. Yeah, these blockbusters. I mean, obviously she's talking about top gun, but yeah, all of these but not that, have just carried Elvis, Elvis Jura- Jurassic, Black Phone, oh Elvis. They mm. all carry to the point where I was coming off very decent grosses to open up other things. And it has been a Monday headache every week for the last like four weeks of what, why are you coming off me? I don't have a screen to open your new film. So it's, what it's do you want best, from me? It's the best headache you could have. <laughs> I guess you would. You would <laughs> the best so. headache would be if I had all the screens and they were all producing well. And I'm like, yes, I'll take your film and I'll hold you. And life is all happy for everybody. Right. right. This is definitely an argument. Yeah. I'm like, I'll try to bring you back. And that uh, it never gets brought back. Or the Top Gun will get brought the, back. The though. standard. We're, we're working <laughs> That's on happening. it. We're working on it. Yeah. Labor Day is going to be fun. I'm excited for that Top Gun bring back and. Yeah, the excitement of that. I feel a little bit bad for Sony because they have this Spider-Man, you know, bring back film that they have the more fun stuff version. It'll play, but it'll play, but not as not as wide and not something that's been on streaming for so long. The movie is two and a half hours long. How much are they going to add that's going to make it special? That's going to yeah, more Spider-Man. You want and I want I want more of the three Spider-Men together. That's what I want. More of that. If it has to be that, it has to it has to be that. But if it's anything not that, then it wasn't worth it no. to anybody. Nobody will be buying tickets for that. I, I need exactly the same amount of Willem Dafoe. Like he is almost so weird. He almost ruins the movie at points because <laughs> he's such an oddball. He's, but he but you got to admit, those, he was running laps around everyone oh, he else was. who was walking. He was. The, three, <laughs> the three together are great, though. Like that's the first time we've seen that. Like yeah. since, Aven- really yeah. since the first Avengers, yeah. where it like kind of had that camaraderie. But this is like... <laughs> just perfect i mean it was just yeah the yeah. marketing and everything the first it avengers was... was good it built on a buddy camaraderie but then they had to make it weird after that with whole like interpersonal relationships happening and the civil war ugh, they, <laughs> they ruined it so i think that's why spider-man did so good coming back with it oh yeah so we need to see more of that but i just gave sony a heads up like if you're expecting a lot, I Labor Day is going to be more of, a, you know, stuff that we haven't been able to play. Like, I'm not going to be able 
probably to open like things like Easter Sunday or Beast everywhere. And mm. so those are perfect films to play off the break during that weekend. It's kind of like the last big hurrah. So yeah, there'll be a lot of competition for that. Well, I'm awesome. I think that's awesome that Nope is going to do really well. I'm do awesome. You- <laughs> I'm awesome. What? Everything is awesome. Time for hot takes. What do you think the opening is going to be? You get you got six million dollars, so you know it's at least that. Can I look up Get Out and Us's yeah. opening? Us was uh, Get Out was thirty three. I just saw, and Us was seventy five. Get Out was thirty three. Oh, it, it did was, have it legs. Went forever. It yeah, started that's a good point. Slow and right, really it was weird. a build, was a word of mouth build. I'm kind of hoping it does that with Nope. It, like if it's it a big opening, it would be fine, shocking because it's going thirty two hundred. Everybody's expecting locations. fifty. Yeah, us did seventy one, and uh, Get Out did thirty three. I'll say fifty five. Fifty five, Ken. What do you think? No, wait, fifty six. Fifty six. Okay. okay. At that being ninety percent, I'm going to go sixty two million. Sixty two. Okay. Oof. That's I. I have a lot of faith in this one, though. I have yeah. a feeling that I'm just trying to decide if it's going to open big or end up being big, because it. Why not both? That's what I'm hoping right. for. Right, <laughs> because it is. Um, the, he does have a following, so we could be being persuaded by the Thursday early shows because that would be a little bit more front loaded. Um, but it's more. You said it's more accessible to the traditional audience. Um. Mm. I'm trying to decide if I go low and hedge my bets at like 45 million. I think that's what I'm going to do. Not that I don't think it, it'll end up being, I don't know if it'll have such a huge opening. We're also in the summer vacation time as well. Like that end of yeah, July. But it so. is so hot out across the country. Everybody's diving into theaters right that's now for air true. conditioning. True. Yeah. If Very you have point. any um, overdue maintenance on your HVAC, do it now. No, no, that's <laughs> another problem is I've had a few locations there hvacs went out because it's been a pandemic they haven't been able to do maintenance they Mm -hmm. haven't been able to get parts they and they're now chugging along because it's the middle of summer and getting getting somebody to come out and getting parts for it has been so awful that we have lost so much money by having screens down it's just it's sickening like so yeah very much be you know careful with your systems because it's really hard um, to get that to get them taken care of right now. Just labor shortages and supply chain issues just affecting all aspects of the of theaters. It's really, really awful. You know what's awful? What the Chinese censorship of American films? Screw the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> have we been? Have Screw we, uh, them. I think we've offended a lot of uh, nations today. I'm just piling on here. <laughs> no. <laughs> we no. might as well roll with it. No, I, I <laughs> lean into the skin. Believe me. Chinese food, wonderful. Chinese people, wonderful. Chinese censors, go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently that's what Hollywood is saying. Well, I think they're finally waking up to the fact that, A, they don't get very money, very much money for their film rental out of China. Like, it's not. America um, pays. It does the most gross and pays the most and in film. It pays role. the most in film mm. rental. Europe does a decent portion and pays, I think, a more fair portion of film rental. Like I wish America's would be closer to Europe's film rental fees. It's just, just more fair. And by the way, um, we're bringing this up because CNN did an article about yeah. this particular subject. And meanwhile, we've been talking about this for a little while now. Right, a couple of weeks. So yeah. basically, like Sony. Uh, told the Chinese censors they're not gonna, they weren't gonna change. It started with them not wanting to change the Statue of Liberty scene in Spider-Man because the Chinese censors wanted them to cut down on the Statue of Liberty sure. scene. 
and it kind of started with that. And then I couldn't remember what the last one was that was in the CNN article, but it was another like, well, fine. We're just not going to edit the film. I mean, Eternals and Shang-Chi were also part of the mix as well. It probably could have been one of those. So, so you, they get a portion, like a fraction of what they get for film rental here, if they even get it at all. Like, cause it's trying to pry money out of that place is like pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. But I think what they're finding is they're, China play works on a quota system. So you, there's only so many slots available for um, Hollywood films. And in the last few years, they've really uh, pushed because of anniversary, national anniversaries, the Chinese have been pushing their own internal market. Well, now they're at a point where that internal market is stable. They have their industry growing and, and it's working now. And so they don't need Hollywood films. And I, hopefully the studios realize this. And they're not going to jump through so many hoops because the reality is, is that that market and the American market have such different tastes, like so completely different tastes. And you cannot make one universal film for the whole globe. It just does not work. Like, I think we all, I think Disney should have learned that. And we all should have taken note when they made that really wet blanket version of Mulan. That was so awful and so boring. That's a very good point. We have, we have a basically a woman real life superhero and would make her not talk for we'll just two hours. Make her <laughs> no emotion, just no talking, some cool fighting moves, but nothing really like excite, no fun in it. And yeah, it didn't have that fun action flair to it no, that you want. It had your, nothing yeah. for American audiences. And then, and it was rejected by Chinese audience as well. And was, I just well, think, it was pandering. Yeah. Yeah. It's so pandering. And I just think, the more we're getting through this, like, oh, I know what it was. Top Gun is not going to be probably shown in China. And it's one of the biggest, it's the, the biggest movie this year. It's mm. going to make a billion dollars without the Chinese market, which has been unheard of in the last couple of years. And it just shows that when you create a movie at the strength of your core market, which is the American market, the North American market. Yeah, the patriotic, the American, patriotic market. American market. <laughs> the Top Gun American market. Yeah. <laughs> And you don't worry about the this other one. You can still make a lot of money. Like I yeah, can, I cannot I, wait, Kyle. We talking about multiverses. Wait until they have Bob, a Top Gun story, yeah. like they did on the Solo oh, spinoff, Solo a Star Wars story. Galore. Yeah. yeah, but they're all they're all going they're, to Paramount. They're, all they're gonna make a Bob story. <laughs> they're all fighter pilots. <laughs> it's just fighter pilot stories. <laughs> I love this idea. Now I'm in. Paramount but, is going to multiverse the shit out of Top Gun. Oh, yeah. Just, they don't have their own fr- multiverse franchise. He actually goes too so... fast and goes back in time. I'm yeah. sorry. That's the last one. <laughs> like in Lightyear? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Tom Cruise goes forward so fast, he actually goes backward in time. Back to 1986. <laughs> There's just CGI versions of his young self, but he can't run into himself. Yeah. Like, it's like back racing to the future. Racing himself on that shitty motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> Wishing oh. he had a cell phone, like being like, "Oh yeah, I have to find they're, a pay phone." In the what flat, is this? Where in are the they flat, at? Flat spin, and they're about to eject, and Tom Cruise yeah. bumps him with a different plane yeah. to save it so Goose doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> then Miles Teller doesn't have to grow that crazy mustache. We wrote this script. We did. You're welcome, Paramount. Yeah. Anyway, Cody, you, you, as you were saying, no, Top Gun. I just, I think why <laughs> Top Gun is doing so well too is it's just so like not patriotic, but just so. <laughs> like you feel like you uh, have an American identity in it and you just really grasp onto that. And I, yeah. I think audiences have been getting so tired of having films that lost that to appeal to a wider international audience. 
and and I really think Hollywood should take note of this and make films for flyover states and make films with a pro-American identity in it. And you can still make films for an international audience and the two can still mingle, but I don't think that we have to worry so much anymore about um, softening edges of things and to make a look. Cause I, I think the reality is you're never going to get the global movie anymore. Everybody mm -hmm. is so different now. And yeah. I think we're, we're having a wholesale rejection of this, like, one identity of all uh, whole global world coming together. And we just want our own things again. Yeah. I mean, there's so many movies in the past year that just, especially the blockbusters that don't feel like they're different from each other. Like they're just their own little glob of yeah. sameness. And I think it is because safety. of nothing fun. Safety, in the story. smoothing the edges to mm -hmm. try to appeal to that global market. And Hey, if you can make that movie again, awesome great but that's just not the time that we're in right now we need to focus right. back to you know not letting that stuff take away from what makes having, movies special having cultural inside jokes for your like for american cultural audience would be awesome again like they just don't have any fun one-liners that you know there there are things you can do um cultural jokes like dialogue that just all of Americans would get, but maybe like Europeans wouldn't get sure. or definitely like Chinese wouldn't get. And it's okay to have that. Like I've, I really miss that kind of stuff. And I think as a country, we need that back. Like we have lost so much about an identity that brought us all together. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that movies can be a way to like bring some of that funness back. And we don't have to appeal to people in Spain or France because fuck the French right yeah <laughs> so we don't have to appeal to them so like let's let's have our let's have that back for us again and Paramount obviously made Top Gun more diverse because that's what Hollywood is leaning towards that's but fine. the military is diverse yeah fighter mm -hmm. pilots are diverse nobody there yeah. there are female African-American Hispanic fighter right. pilots. They exist. I've seen them. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> feel like there was a political message. Like you were inserting a person there that shouldn't have been there. Like it felt all natural and all, all good. And I think that audiences responded to that. Yeah. That naturality of it all. Like it mm -hmm. just so happened to be, you know, taking place on a military base with fighter jets. And, but at the same time, it doesn't, it, it stayed true to the story that I was trying to tell rather than, um, the smoothing out those edges like you were saying yeah at least that's what i got out of no it, and that's so. the big difference between movies and like the 80s and 90s mm -hmm. and today is that you don't have the fun jokes or the sentiments or the you know um the tastes of the american audience or the audience you're trying to get that everything got so like so vanilla out polished so, yeah yeah like, Honestly, that, that honest, all the personality was taken out of the movies in the last few years. And that's a good example of what I felt with Thor. What did we do? We talked about last week yeah. or, or, or the last episode. Like it, it was that polished feeling that I've been feeling, mm -hmm. not just with those types of movies, but with most blockbusters as well. Right. And I think that's why you saw a 70% drop on Thor because yeah. there's I'm, something you can't look at it and be like, Oh, there, that one scene was bad. There's nothing ever bad about them. No. It's just that they're not, it just doesn't have its own like Thor Ragnarok at least had its own flavor to an extent. Yeah. Thor Love and Thunder didn't. Right. Or or you got the flavor from Ragnarok and you were like, I kinda want something different. Like Yeah, or even that. It didn't but... push the envelope at all anywhere and it just really Yeah. I really liked that movie still. Like I liked it more yeah. than Ragnarok because of the ending. 
I like how they like tied it up. Sure. But sure. I can totally see where it felt pa- like glossy, like plasticky. Like mm-hmm. there was a facade on it that wasn't really great. Yeah. And I think this past year is just proven uh, between the types of movies that are being made, like with Nope and Top Gun mm-hmm. and, you know, Hollywood changing about censoring um, things for other audiences that, you know, we kind of need to go back to that. We have, right. We have Woman King, Till, we have Bros. I mean, we have a lot of movies that are not polished that like that so coming true. up. Yeah, which this, is going to be This year great. is going to yeah. be a lot of movies that don't fit that. Yeah. Utopian audience that. And, that, and that's to okay fit. too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to make a huge swing and be and make little films for super targeted audiences. We Why is this movie not about right. me? And yeah. I feel like like those ones you just mentioned, Till and some of that, that is actually a little film for super bros for super targeted audiences. And mm-hmm. I don't think we want that either. I think what we want is something like we're at a really good story. This is what we've always wanted in the industry forever and ever and ever. We want something with a really good story that is produced and done really well that leaves audiences feeling emotions, but not so crazy. Like that ha- that are just simple one and done stories. Like mm-hmm. we want originality. We need something we've not seen anywhere else. And that's becoming so much more important as we have streaming with is just a, like a glut. There's just a glut of stuff on there. I mean, and streaming at one point, even they were able to feel like original, um, that originality that you were just yeah. describing. But now even they kind of feel oh my polished gosh, they to an feel extent. so overproduced. Yeah. In fact, I was just on Netflix the other night, like trying to find something to watch. And I'm like, these all look like cheap. And I don't mm-hmm. want a cheap experience. Even at home, I don't want something cheap. Yeah. I want something I want to invest myself and my time in. Cause my time to me is important and I don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste it on this stuff. This is a lady who watches trash reality TV shows. Every once in a while when I'm really, really stressed <laughs> out, that's not something I, I tune into every, all the time. I watched one show during the pandemic ev- and he, I dare for, say it's for a every cornerstone of art. your personality. <laughs> for every it's high terrible. art, you need to eat some Cheetos at the yeah, same time. I'm saying it's not, that the, there's not a place for it and i definitely like partaking in it but <laughs> gosh it can't all be cheetos all the time right exactly and then right now there's too many cheetos out there do you have any ketchup for this lobster <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh do we have anything else to talk about yes i did want to bring up um two two things i did want to bring up something to our audience and to theaters out there that you know as the studio as we get through this and revenue settles down and we figure out what our new normal baseline is the studios are going to be reevaluating their revenue like where can they get revenue how can they do it are they getting it from streaming are they getting it from theaters etc but they're also going to be trying to like find places of revenue and i think that how they're going to start doing that is they're going to start auditing theater and by auditing, I don't mean like checkers back in the day where they'd send somebody to headcount. They're in the never going to do that again. They're never going to probably send checkers <laughs> again, unless it's a big city and they just want to check a protocol or something. Right. They're, never. Cause those were like base level jobs. Like, so, so yeah. there's not, there's nobody that's working at, you know, do fast food for do, $20 an hour. Do they even do secret shoppers anymore? I mean, it's no. just that whole <laughs> trend. So I don't think they're ever going to send checkers, but I think what they are going to do and you're going to see this so much more is that they are going to post audit your film rental statements. They're going to 
and I don't know if it'll be random. I don't know if it'll be like structured or anything. I'm not sure the process on that, but just be aware that they will look at film rental statements. They'll look at your box office reports down the road and they're going to do, you know, quarterly or annual post film rental audits. And they're going to look for two things. And I only know this because we've run into it a couple of times this year with some auditing. So this has come up in our circuit. And so I want everybody to be very aware because I just see, I just see this happening so much more. They're going to look for what they consider excessive discounting. So everybody, there's a lot, been a lot of ambiguity in what you can do with, um, with your ticket prices. And there's been a lot of experimenting post COVID, uh, post pandemic so that we can figure out what is working, what audiences want, et cetera. So that there, you do have some grace and some period to, to experiment with your ticketing right now, but there are a few guidelines that you should be aware per capita ticket prices are still in play. Like they still want a certain level in whatever your market is set at there, that level still needs to be maintained. How you discount days or different types of customers and stuff still, you kind of, kind of have to have a level, right? And the, and the discounts can't be so far beneath that level that you're giving something away at a sub, what a sub run level ticket price, like a dollar and stuff. So that, you know, it has to be within reason of your level. I would say anywhere from like um, 25%. It got to stay kind of in that but level. that's not surprising. That's, that's not surprising and that's very The one caution. that caught us by but surprise. But the one that caught us was, so they allow, you know, discount days. And usually they're Tuesdays, but they can be any day of the week, not your weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and they allow $5 days. That's becoming more standard in the industry and, and they're seeing benefits like like paramount saw the grosses for positive fury bump up on the discount days so discount days are great and i think they're encouraged to a certain extent and they're tolerated but if you have another big discount either another day or another ticket price that um is another major discount say you have um a family pass or you have um like a Friday or a Friday matinee that's super, super cheap or something. They don't want two. So they'll tolerate the one discount, but the second discount is going to run you into an issue. Mm -hmm. So be prepared for that. Now I feel like the studios need to really get on board with their idea because it, because the major chains now are going to that Friday and Saturday surge pricing Sunday is a different weekend price and then Monday through Thursday is a different price. So they don't want variable pricing in theaters, but they're allowing a lot of variability as long as it's not so far within the threshold of the discount. Then the other huge one that I think all theaters need to be really aware of is they're looking at your convenience fees. So any fees you tack on for online ticket sales, they're looking at those. And I didn't even think about that. And there, they you are not allowed, and per your master licensing agreement, to have high convenience fees. They're mm, thinking like dollar okay. fifty range. Who convenience fees came out because we have to pay credit card fees. There are costs of doing and business fees. You have fees. to yeah. pay for your server, and you have you to pay have, for you your... have licensing fees for the software. You have credit card processing fees. You have maintenance fees on the equipment. There are fees to run. And it is the cost of doing business. 
And so you should be allowed to have a convenience fee on top of that. Like that's the world we live in. Convenience fees are a must. I think where theaters are getting in a lot of trouble and the potential to be really called out on these audits is when you apply that convenience fee to a per ticket transaction. What I mean is I charge a dollar convenience fee for every ticket. So if I am a customer and I go and I buy six tickets and there's six $1 charges because the, so the additional fee is $6 because I ordered six tickets that's where you're going to have an issue. And why you're going to have an issue is, is that that extra convenience fee broken down by ticket looks like the, you are padding the ticket price. Meaning like you really want a $7 ticket. A $7 ticket would cover all the fees, but um, the film company, the distributor gets their film rental out of that $7 ticket. So you're, what you're doing is you're charging a $6 ticket thus taking that dollar out of the pot for the film company and you're giving them, you know, their film rental based on the $6 ticket. They don't want the padding that to them is stealing. You're yeah. stealing from their ticket price, which is what you should be getting. Correct. And independents have been doing this for a while because why? Oh, because AMC, Cinemark, Regal do this. Yeah. We noticed. So, so then they've, we've been encouraged to, to do, do this. it because you think it's being okay because you see Regal. The and chains are doing this. The mm-hmm. chains are doing it. What, where my advice is, and I am not a lawyer. This is not actual legal advice. That I do not hold. Wait, you're this, not a lawyer. Do not hold this advice against me. <laughs> Where's your white wig? But if you want, <laughs> if you are, if your logic is that I have a convenience fee because cre- the credit card fees of this transaction cost me, the the licensing fee of this online ticketing costs me. And the, you know, the fee for the, for the rental of the, of the software cost me a amount, then the cost is actually on the transaction. It, it costs you to run that transaction, regardless of the amount of tickets. It costs you a certain amount for one ticket or 20 tickets. It still costs you the amount. Just put a per transaction amount so that you can't link it back to the ticket. It's make it a standard amount, say if it's $3, make it a $3 charge at the end and just say it's a convenience fee or taxes and fees or whatever the fee is, put it at the end, kind of like what hotels do and like Airbnb does now Mm -hmm. where you think you get one price and then at the end there's like $200 extra and you're like, where did these all come from? Yes. But I'm going to pay it anyways because I really want this one. Ticketmaster was the last one we ran into. (laughs) Take a note out of those and do it on the transaction. That way that any studio can't look back and say you're padding your ticket price because it's not being applied to the ticket. It's applied to the transaction as a whole. And Mm. it's standard across any and all transactions. That way you're covering all the fee. I get why you do it per ticket because you're trying to make sure that you capture the full breadth of the credit card fees. Cause if somebody goes and orders 20 tickets, that $3 fee is not going to cover the cost of the credit card transaction. Yeah, for sure. But based again, on your average amount of tickets sold per transaction. And yeah. Base, you know, try to find something that covers those fees enough or that you're co- being covered with them, but that is not being associated to a ticket price where your ticket price really should have been this amount. You know, where the studio can look and say, well, you're padding this price here. And that is my biggest, biggest like, hey, we should really look at this because you don't want to give the studios 
the distributors any leverage to come back at you and give you a bill for more film rental. You just be above board on that. But again, you're not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. No, I don't. I don't represent anybody. I have no idea. I don't know the ins and outs of all this. I'm just, it's just a more of like a cursory warning. Like, Hey, maybe we should have this discussion and a good warning. Yeah. Early mm-hmm. now, as we're getting out of this before mm-hmm. somebody gets audited and gets handed a bill for film rental that they probably don't have because yeah. that money has been spent on other things. Cause you didn't, think you owe the oh, studio if, if that. you think the film company is going to take their time to audit your theater and not give you a bill for five figures or more you're out oh, of yeah. your mind and then if you think you're going <laughs> to be able to argue yourself out of it you got you got to no. nip it in the bud so that they can't come at you with anything <laughs> then you I'm need a, a lawyer i'm not yeah. a lawyer and likely you are not either <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. so that is good food for thought right. um, and we'll talk more about that and if i hear any yes. more stories i'll let the audience know but yes <laughs> Uh, but we are starting to run a little low on time, but we do want to talk <laughs> about this new Dungeons and Dragons. No, you've okay, been really nice. dragging this out. All I'm right. Sorry. Give me your 10 second take on the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves trailer. Um, I think it looks cheesy, but I'm really into it and I want it. It gave me a Mortal Kombat vibe from like last year when that one came oh out. Oh my God. I wanted that so bad. I'm kind of worried mm-hmm. about it, but hey, like it's Dungeons and Dragons. It's not supposed to be serious. So mm-hmm. I guess you have to go. I get no, yeah. not campy. It's not campy, it's but campy you have to, a little bit. Uh, we'll see, but it, it's at least it looks like it's fun. It's not going to be Game of Thrones. Like a fun time. It's not Game of Thrones, so everybody needs to like take that off the table. It's nor sh- nor should it be. No, no. It's, it's Dungeons and Dragons. It's. I yeah. hate to say this because I know of Cody's affinity for Chris Pine, but Don't he talk bad about him. They gave him the Val Val Kilmer bloated corpse washed up on a beach treatment <gasps> oh he looks no. terrible in no. this. he looks horrible he no doesn't way. look the best he looks like he, he came out of a cryogenic sleep <laughs> like he, he just he, he just looks... aged up a little he decided to show the wrinkles that's yeah. all right no he yeah. looks yeah. horrifying aging with he looks right like now. he's trying to grow scales like a dragon <laughs> maybe maybe that's the point maybe during the movies like he, oh no did he my literally power did he literally then... stay inside during the entire pandemic i did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, well, Who you didn't. <laughs> no, I mean, literally, like, no sunlight at all. He stopped he... using his moisturizer, and then when he's like, oh, the industry's back? Uh-oh. Chris Pine is in his 40s, okay? We all can't be. I thought he was a... in his 50s. No, oh, we wait, can't that all be a little. Tom Cruise, okay? Cody, like... he is pale AF, okay? I'm going to use your term against you. <laughs> He looks like he's lived in a cave <laughs> since Star Trek, the last Star Trek. He might have let himself go a teeny tiny bit. Uh, he looks. He looks like he's wearing he's, a corset. He he went from a ten to a nine. Okay, big deal. Uh, nine upside down is a six. Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. What? We're done? We're not done yet. This conversation is not. Thank you for listening to Off the Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast.